0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of For Light in Life. I'm your host, Lucy, and this week we're talking about my time at the Disney theme park, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. We'll share some funny stories, give some reviews, book recommendations, and more. I admit it is a little bit random, but we do have some fun upcoming content to look forward to. Speaking of which, if you are expecting an episode about Andor today, I'm afraid it'll be a minute. As in, not until November 27th. Some people, myself included, have not caught up on Andor yet, but I am planning on doing a summary episode when the show ends. There will also be a Tales of the Jedi episode before that. Andor aside, let's step inside a theme park far, far away. I was really fortunate to get to go to the California Galaxy's Edge a little over a year ago and it is such a magical place. It's really the closest feeling to being in Star Wars, and I'm really glad I got to be there with my family and have that experience. Stepping inside the actual park really did feel like we were on Batuu. We could see the black spires themselves, all the decorations were really well done, there were characters walking around and John Williams' Galaxy's Edge theme was playing, The whole atmosphere was really so surreal. I think what happened was we had been walking around Disney for a while just to get all the way over to the outpost, so we had to just rush past all the stands and shops and just get some food and milk, of course. I'd recommend the Ronto Wrap. It's got pork and slaw and a pita bread. It's sort of a cross between a hot dog and a taco, And there's also the vegetarian version, which we laugh about because it's the Ronto-less wrap. Also, between the blue and green milk they have there at the milk stand, the blue is my favorite. It's really fruity and creamy, I think it's flavored with watermelon, various berries and such. The green milk is more citrusy. I'm not a huge fan of citrus, but my brother Henry really liked it. And they're actually made of plant-based milk. My dad is lactose intolerant so he got to have some, which is one of the things that I love about Galaxy's Edge and just Disney parks in general. As a person with a lot of severe nut allergies, I get stressed out around unknown food with unknown ingredients, and the time I went was pretty much in the peak of my anxiety about that, but they do such a good job of being aware of dietary restrictions and allergies and I felt safer than I had in months. It was just so freeing to know that I probably wasn't about to go into anaphylytic shock from eating a french fry. It was like all my worries just went away. And no one's paying me to say any of this, by the way. I don't have any sponsors, just me talking about my experience. One of the other really cool things is all the characters you can see around the park. I vividly remember seeing V Marati, a character created specifically for the park, she's a resistant spy, I believe. I saw her like sneaking around across the pathway from me, hiding from the First Order, and immediately I started waving at her really big and obvious to get her attention, which in hindsight isn't great for someone who's trying to be stealthy. But she did finally look over at me and smiled and did a much more subtle wave. And I remember feeling so excited and blown away by that, it was like being in a dream. I didn't even know much about her. I was just thinking, a Star Wars character waved at me. A Star Wars character waved at me. After that, we did go around and see all the stands and the rides, we got to fly the Millennium Falcon in the Smuggler's Run attraction, and although I've said before that the original trilogy doesn't have much nostalgia for me. Even I loved being in that ship. I got to be one of the pilots, I think I was the one controlling the vertical lever, and I actually got to be the one to push the hyperspace bar thing, which was wild. I know there's some fancy trick you can do by pushing all the controls at the same time to activate Chewbacca mode so all the audio instructions turn into Wookie noises, but we unfortunately did not use that feature. I thought we did really well in terms of not blowing ourselves up by flying into walls. We got the rank of Hotshot, I don't know how good that is in terms of ranks. And of course, before we got onto the actual ship of that, there was an animatronic Hondo Onaka telling us the instructions. Hondo was the best, he's just the best. But my favorite thing we got to do there was the Rise of the Resistance attraction, we got to help the resistance on what I believe was a supply run, but our ship got intercepted by the First Order, and then we all got captured, then we all escaped. Everything about it was just like being in the movie set. There was a huge room designed to look like a Star Destroyer hangar filled with hundreds of animatronic stormtroopers. It was insane. There were cast members dressed up as First Order officers everywhere. There was a ride part where the ship lurched and it was like a roller coaster. It was incredible. Just so realistic-seeming. And the best part of the Rise of the Resistance was something really funny that happened to me. Like I said, our shuttle was captured by the First Order, they took us all out and would order small groups of us to stand in certain places that were marked by colors in the ground. I was standing on the gray one. <laughs> After I was given my spot, I watched one of the First Order officers who was organizing everyone, and I guess I was looking kind of intently, because he turned around and saw me looking at him. Now, he could've just broken eye contact and walked away, as probably most people would in that situation, but this guy was A, great at staying in character, and B, really nice, so I actually locked eyes with this cast member, he came over and stood in front of me, and we had a complete stare down for several seconds. I finally smiled, waved at him, and said hi, and he said completely straight-faced and serious no and walked away. It was hilarious, the highlight of my whole trip. We couldn't stop joking about it for months. Just imagine that you see a random kid staring at you during your acting job, and you stop everything you're doing to go turn it into a confrontation, then you can somehow stay in character? Whoever that person is, you are such a kind guy, and thank you for that incredible experience. Another crazy character run-in happened when back in the safety of Black Spire Outpost, I jumped on the chance to interact with some stormtroopers. Just for context, before our trip, I've been doing, you know, all my research and watching videos about other people going there, and my main goal was to Jedi Mind Trick a Stormtrooper there. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? So when some troopers walked by us, I knew what I had to do. I marched up to them, waved my hands in that famous Obi-Wan move, and I said, you don't want to work for Kylo Ren. Alas, my effort, however fun it may have been, did not work. I guess those particular stormtroopers weren't as weak-minded as some, because one of them just said, you're not the Jedi we're looking for, which I guess is the generic answer they give to everyone who tries that. It was still really cool, though. And on top of that, when I got to talk to Ray a little later, I told her about that Stormtrooper interaction, and she suggested I would to try a smaller deception, since asking them to quit their jobs was a big ask. I jokingly said I'd tell them next time, you don't like Kylo Ren's helmet, which made her laugh. In summary, those Disney cast members are such cool people, and I really want to thank them all for bringing a little joy into our lives there. I don't know if any of you are listening, but if you are, thank you. And another food shout out I had the Endorian Tip Yip, which is basically chicken fingers with mashed potatoes and veggies, and it was so good. I highly, highly recommend it. In fact, all the food and drinks there were delicious. You know, come for Star Wars, stay for the food. Unfortunately, I did not get to build a lightsaber there, because everything's kind of expensive. I think it was either my brother and I got to build one lightsaber or one droid. I chose to let Henry build himself a droid at the droid depot. It has a little remote so you can make it move and beep and turn its head and such. It's really cool. I did get some wisdom stones, little rocks with symbols carved on them and then little sayings in the back. One of them has Yoda on the front and says the greatest teacher failure is, which is so true, but something I struggle with a lot as a perfectionist. The other has the Jedi symbol and says emotion yet peace, which is part of a different version of the Jedi code. Usually it would say there is no emotion, there is peace. I also find that quote to be really inspiring because we absolutely need to be a balance of both. And feel free to feel anything while also feel at peace. Yep, look at that. Lucy's taking the symbolic route. Shocking. And that's a nice little ending to my story. Some words of wisdom, some peace. I hope you laughed a little during this episode, smiled a lot, learned something, enjoyed it. The world's in quite a bit of chaos right now, which I haven't really addressed in my podcast, but I try to do my part and spread some light and life to you all in whatever ways I can. Before we get into our other segments, I want to quickly share some Star Wars books focusing on, or having significant moments on, Batuu, the planet in which Galaxy's Edge is set. First, we have A Crash of Fate by Zarita Cordova. It is a great young adult novel set in Black Spire Outpost. It adds a lot of cool details and backstory to aspects of the park. It's about these two best friends who get separated and then find each other years later. Also, I recently finished reading Journey to Star Wars Force Collector by Kevin Shinnick, which isn't exactly about Batuu, but it does have some really cool scenes there, and is a really fun book in general. Basically, this force-sensitive teenager in the sequel era goes on this journey to learn about the Jedi. He has the power to touch items and see what they've experienced, sort of like Quinlan Voss. And finally, I haven't actually read this one yet, but I thought I'd put it out there. Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson is about V. Marotti, the very same one who waved at me! Okay, not the same, same one. And how she ended up on Batu, what she does there, etc. I'm really interested by it, it's on my reading list, and if any of these books catch your attention, go hunt them down. And now we can move on with this very long episode. If you've been listening for a while, you probably figured out by now that when we finish the main part of the episode, it isn't the end. We have a few bonus segments each week, and right now it's time to transition into voicemails. Future me, play the clip. Thank you, future me. Alright, I'm pleased to announce that three fan voicemails have been submitted this week. Let's hear the first voicemail from Addie.
1: Hey Miss Lucy, it's Addie back at you with another voicemail. I've been meaning to send this, um I've been meaning to ask this question for some time now. Um but in the spirit of Andor, I've decided I'm gonna send it in today. So here it goes. Um I know a lot of Star Wars characters have some pretty sweet accents, so and is including Andor, that's why I decided to send it in today. So I was wondering if out of all the Star Wars characters, which ac- which one of theirs accent would you like to have or to work on the most? Me, I already have one. Australian slash New, New Zealand, uh, because uh, of Omega stuff that I've been doing the past year. Anyway, I'm running out of time. Hope you have an awesome day. May the force be with you. Bye! This question
0: makes me so irrationally excited for reasons I can't explain. So I will try to talk coherently about accents. Yes, there are absolutely so many great accents in Star Wars. I fail at 90% of them, but I love them. My favorite has to be the clone New Zealand accent. The ones from Clone Wars, mind you, not the live-action ones. Team, D. Bradley Baker. I'm sorry, I know, I'm still bitter about Tamara Morrison probably playing Rex. But I actually have listeners in New Zealand, which is amazing, so shout out to you. Maybe you could send in a voicemail so we can hear your wonderful voices. I so badly want to learn how to do a Kiwi accent, it's not even funny. Addy, I'm jealous. I'd love to hear your Omega impression, if you want, of course. Clearly, I could have really used a lesson or two from you when I was recording my Kane's Jedi fanfiction episode. Speaking of which, I've been a little scared to write fanfiction for the podcast about clones or Obi-Wan, because I know it's going to sound bad when I attempt to read it. That's really my dream, to meet D. Bradley Baker and the whole Clone Wars cast, really, and hire them to act out my fanfiction. But, of course, I doubt it's ever going to happen. Anyways, thank you, Addy, and let's hear your second voicemail.
1: Hey, Miss Lucy, Addy, back with one more voicemail. I just wanted to say that I really have liked your um, transition music for voicemails. I think it's really cool, especially because like it's a bad batch for heaven's sakes, and I'm a huge bad batch fan, which you already know. And I just have a soft spot for piano. My little sister, Embry, does piano, has for a year i think yeah probably a year and my little sister mabel is also starting it now uh with her so i just wanted to share that little bit of feedback and i also have really liked the drawables you've been doing they're super cool anyway i'm running out of time hope you have an awesome day may the force be with you bye thank you for that addy it really means
0: a lot and that's exactly right it's the bad batch for heaven's sakes i love that and that's so cool that your sisters are learning piano It's an amazing instrument. You can go so many places with it. Figuratively, not literally. You really can't take a piano anywhere. Shout out to Embry and Mabel. I'm guessing you two have no clue who I am and probably don't listen to this podcast, but your sister's awesome. Thanks for the Drabble feedback, too. I've been testing the waters a bit so far, but I'm hopefully going to try to experiment a little more and play around with it. And with that... We have a very shocked voicemail to listen to from none other than Jeremiah himself. Let's hear his thoughts on something I said my last episode, or rather, what I didn't say.
2: Hey Lucy, Jeremiah here from Empire Radio. Now, just a few minutes ago, I finished listening to your Ranking Star Wars Shows episode, and I am completely shocked that you did not have The Village Bride From the Vision series as one of your favorite episodes. I'm not sure if you watched it or not, but I think it's one of the best things in all of Star Wars. And when we did our breakdown at Empire Radio, uh, I had a 25 minute long PowerPoint presentation explaining why I think it's one of the best things in all of Star Wars. And so go check out that YouTube video after you've watched that episode if you haven't watched it. And hopefully I swayed you to like that episode as one of your favorites. And hopefully you will agree with me. It's one of the best things in all of Star Wars. Bye.
0: Okay. First of all, hi. Thanks for the message. Second of all, when I watched your PowerPoint breakdown of the episode, I felt like I was transported to a high school language arts class and I should be taking notes from your lecture. I admit that I did not watch the Village Bride episode until you sent this, after which I did go back and see it, and I also admit that I would never have been able to dissect it to the point that you did. Everything you said about storytelling and dialogue and audio and showing not telling and so on, I did understand most of it. I get why you like it so much. I did really like the episode. That being said, my young mind is currently incapable of viewing a show that way and fully appreciating all the storytelling glory, so I wouldn't put it in my top five Star Wars moments or anything like that. It might make honorable mentions though, I don't know. Thank you Addie and Jeremiah, and now we enter the second to last segment, Drabbles. If you're new here and you don't know what that is, a Drabble is a really short story that is exactly 100 words long. Every episode, I read a fanfiction Drabble I wrote, and this week is no different. Today, ours is about a certain favorite clone in a tough place. It's called Remembering Scrapper. Hopefully, it makes sense. And here it is. Rex felt the weight of the world on his shoulders as clearly as he felt the weight of his head in his hands. Another brother, like so many before him, lost. He looked up to see a familiar figure in the doorway. Jesse held a white plastoid helmet and wordlessly extended it to Rex. It had been scrappers. The older clone clasped Rex's shoulder, a somber, knowing sheen in his eyes. There would be a time to move on and fight harder than before, but there was also a time to grieve. At least they had each other. So I did just say that I'm hesitant to write fix, but I've been finding a loophole lately by not letting them say anything. That's pretty much the only reason Kane's Jedi was possible. That was my fanfiction about the Homeless Kenobi clone from several episodes ago. He barely said two sentences, and then he didn't say anything else for the rest of the story. And I did technically say that I would do a Rebels-themed Drabble this episode, but by the time I remembered that, it was too late, so I'll try to do one next time, Retta. I am proud of myself resisting the temptation to put Ahsoka into this fic, It turned into a story about brothers and sadness, which is what happens without Ahsoka, I guess. I only discovered the hidden extra layer of meaning after I wrote this. That last line about Rex and Jesse having each other even as everything else falls apart. Well, you should watch the Clone Wars finale. On that note, we have several ways you can get into contact with me, help the podcast, stay up to date, You can send me an email through my fan email for live.podcast at gmail.com, all lowercase, no spaces. And this is great if you have something you want to tell me or share with me, but you, for whatever reason, cannot send me a voicemail right now. But we do have the option to send voicemails. There's a link in the description for that. And as long as it's family-friendly and as long as you don't tell me that you'd like to keep it private, then I will play it on the show. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you listen. This helps new people come over and find us. Go ahead and follow the podcast if you like this sort of episode and want to hear more. And please share the show with your community so our community can grow. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm Lucy, and let's look for the light and life in our world together.